Hello, hello, what's going on there, people? This is David Robert for the Adult Fitness Podcast, Get Fit and Have Fun. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. This has been um, a wonderful time, uh, holiday season, where we've been able to get together with friends and family. We got Phoenix here as my co-host. What's going on, Phoenix? Uh, Phoenix is my cat. As of right now, I don't have a co-host, so it's just me flying solo, but... um, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody out there. Um, as we set off into a new year, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Um, like I said before, this podcast is about getting fit, having fun, but also talking about everything about fitness. So we're, we're going to get into it today. But um, just to start things off, we're going to be looking at habits. And um, it's kind of funny because as the New Year starts, we get the New Year's resolutions. And I mean, picture it if you will, okay? It's midnight. It's not even midnight. Let's say it's like, uh, it's 11.45, December 31st. You've got a drink in your hand, anticipating the new year. You want to shed the old year like a snake shedding its skin. You're looking at the people at your house wondering, I don't even like most of these people, but they're here anyways. Everyone's getting anxious, you're... Looking for the person you came with, maybe have a drink in your hand, and you start reminiscing. You start thinking, damn, last year sucked. But this year's going to be better. And without any real planning or foresight, we're going to make decisions once that countdown hits to one, and everybody screams, Happy New Year! And before you know it, we're in a drunken stupor talking about the yoga class we're going to take the ukulele lessons we're going to pick up again we're going to call grandma no matter how crotchety she might be we're going to write more we're going to start working out and we're going to do it first thing monday morning right but monday morning rolls around you look at the clock and it's cold outside your bed is warm you're like forget this mess i'm going back to sleep Unfortunately, that's how a lot of us start our New Year's resolutions. I, when I'm not training, people work in a gym. And it's hilarious to see um, people just this week will come up to the front counter and they have maybe haven't ran a lap since high school or college. And that's, you know, a good 10 or 15 years ago. And and they'll plop down that money or they'll swipe it on the credit card and they're going to get started. And, and to be... Completely honest, we've had a few people that have stuck with it over the last couple of years, but I can maybe count on one hand the amount of people that have stuck with their uh, New Year's resolutions. We had a gentleman, I won't list his name, but uh, I called him Big Red. He was a, a ginger gentleman, and he had suffered, I think, one or two heart attacks, I think. And um, he was there every day. And um, he said he was he was either going to you know, lose this weight or or die trying and we we often joke that we would have a treadmill embroidered for him so um whenever he came in people knew to stay off it okay this is this is his treadmill but um what happens are a funny thing and we often look at the new year to kind of get started and to and to move into something that we we feel is going to be beneficial to us right and so um i think for 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 the start of it is it's um it comes from a good place right um we definitely have things we need to improve on or we're looking to. And from a fitness standpoint, oh, the gyms love 
love people at this time of year. I mean, this is probably the fitnesses, you know, version of Black Friday, right? You know, for the next two to three weeks, you're going to be seeing ads on your YouTube channel, right in between um, Peloton. Actually, I've been watching a lot of YouTube over the over the Christmas break there, and they've just been ramping up their ads. You know, they're um, they're coming for the. I actually checked out the website to see how much it costs, and it was like three grand. And I figured, holy smokes, for three grand, I mean, whew, you, you can get a, a lot of fresh vegetables and just, uh, you know, maybe go to bed earlier, and that costs you nothing. But um, nonetheless, we're just going to take a look at habits today. And there are three things in particular we want to look at. Um, one is the cue or triggers, right? The action, and then the reward. So, so many times when we're starting a habit, we're starting a routine, we'll look at um, some of the things that are in the way, right? And uh, my dad always said, if you're looking for the worst in people, you're going to find it versus if you're looking for the best. And so some things for uh, that we could look at is um, when we have the cues or triggers now, you don't always want to be running towards, you know, um, running, I'm sorry, running away from bad things towards, you know, you want to be running towards something good. And so the part of the, the habit loop where you're triggered to take some sort of action through a cue in your internal or external environment. It might be a visit from your doctor saying, hey, and you need to drop this weight, or, um, you know, you could be in some trouble, or you could be a young parent, you got kids that uh, you want to run with, you want to play with, and they're, and they're just beating you, beating you to the slides, right? Or you could just you know, you got that hiking trip, like I said, maybe you do keep your resolution and you're like, hey, you know what, I want to do the West Coast Trail, and I've had friends who've done it, um, we have a group of friends that I haven't gone hiking with in a number of years, but in the years that we went, I mean, I would be just fighting to get in shape, and I noticed the, the, two, the last two years I did it, when I was in shape, I was able to enjoy it rather than just huffing and puffing and, and feeling the pain, so... Yeah, and then the, the second portion is the action. So you got the good or bad. This is the part of the habit loop where you actually take action on the habits you want to adopt. So, um, And then there's the reward. So we're going to take a look at all three of these as we look at habits and resolutions and getting into sort of like your routine, as it were. I find that when you, you move from the habit, you get into a routine, you know. And, and once you get into a routine, it just becomes what you do. It's not something that has um, like a timeline or anything like that. There's no 30 days to better abs. There's no, um, you know, 21 days to a sleeker butt. It's just, it's a part of your life, and there's no end goal. It's, it's all the time. Um, I find for a lot of folks in particular, going back to the gym, um, I'm also at the front desk. And we see a lot of people who will come in around this time period, too. And uh, there was a lady, I think two, uh, two years ago, she came to the front desk. And where I, the gym that I work at, um, you know, it's pretty cheap. It's one of the, I guess, CrossFitters would call it, call it like a Globo gym, if you would. But it was pretty cheap. And this lady hadn't been to the gym in over two years. I think it was the last time she stepped foot in the place was the summer of 2016. And she came to the front. She wanted to... Get a get a refund back. I kind of looked at her, and you you know you look at somebody, like if, if you know you smell something kind of bad, and you're like, holy, what the heck? You get that smell, but um, 
she said dead dead face. She was like, I want you know, I'd love to have my money back. And I was like, this is, we can't give that back to you. Now, now it's hard to think that um, a person would have over two years worth of payments coming out of their account. But this is what the gyms want. They don't want you to come in. Sounds like a conspiracy theory. They would love it if I just cleaned, basically, the equipment. But anyways, um, unfortunately, we, we didn't give that lady back her money. We did cancel the membership. But just looking at her, I started to realize, man, like, if you can't even take, you know, one visit a month to come in, there's obviously a problem with your habits and what you figure will cause you pain versus pleasure. But um, with the cue or the triggers, um, when starting a a new fitness routine or a new diet routine or you're going to start something that you haven't started before. I think sometimes we'll look at a situation and we'll say, oh man, like this, this, it's massive, it's huge. There's an old saying that states that if you want to eat an elephant, you start a bite at a time, you don't gobble it all. So you might start with, with you know, a routine that you just can't fail at. For example, if you're going to be a person that goes to the gym four to five times a week and you don't even go once a week, make a plan to say, okay, this week, I'm just going to drive to the gym, walk in there for one minute and then leave and do that for five days, six days straight. What you're training your subconscious to do and also your mind is to say, after work or before work, I'm going to be in there. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to walk around, get a feel for the atmosphere, for the environment, and I'm going to leave. Now, anyone can do that, and instead of saying to yourself, well, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be doing, like, you know, a soul cycle class or something like that, to basically ruin your life, and when I say ruin your life, not, you know, in, um, not to drop dead or something, but you can definitely uh, be one of those people that just goes super, super hard and then pulls something, or is in so much pain that you don't want to come back. So, most people fail to adequately reward themselves for taking action on a beneficial habit. Now, think about it this way. Most addictive and destructive habits have a habit have, have, have a built-in reward system that requires little or no input from you. So, let's say if I'm smoking a cigarette, snorting coke, drinking uh, myself into oblivion, they're all easy habits to adopt because they light up my brain. And with the neurotransmitter dopamine and a slew of other pleasurable you know, chemicals, these substances will naturally reward my brain and encourage continued usage. So if I'm watching Netflix and I come home from work, just settle in. Let's say I'm watching an action-adventure piece or one of the new uh, new Marvel movies that have come out. I think Infinity War just dropped on Netflix this week. But I'm watching the film. I didn't have to train to get in shape. You know, I didn't have to stay on the set for 14 or 15 hours. I was just able to watch people fly or fight or Thanos, you know, take apart the Hulk. Little spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But it's been over a year, so it's your fault if you haven't. No, I'm kidding. Um, but on the other hand, many positive habits such as exercise, meditating, focused work, or um, what's missing in our society, also known as deep work, and healthy living don't have immediate obvious rewards. Now, that can be true and also false because I know for a fact that when, when I meditate, calmer afterwards. Um, when I exercise, there's a feeling of my you know, lungs and my heart rate going up a little bit and, you know, working off any, any anxiety or any worry that you've had throughout the day. But, you know, a lot of healthier foods don't really taste all that great. I mean, if you've had 
quinoa or you know kale or spinach. I mean, it, it takes it takes a little bit to get used to, and a lot of these foods, unfortunately, they're not marketed in a very pleasurable way. And so, if you are going to be taking these habits on specifically for for exercise or for eating better, you gotta have to ease into it, right? And and by not just looking at the immediate reward, but like the long-term reward, which may not feel as good as you might like right away, will yield better results maybe a month, two months, a year down the road when you go to your doctor to get your um, your blood work done or whatever, and you see, oh, hey, you know, I've dropped a couple points in my cholesterol, hey, my blood pressure's lower, hey, my BMI is a little bit lower. So yeah, after extended practice, exercise, meditation, focus work, all those activities become natural, right? They start to stimulate your brain in positive ways and reward you for taking action. But they need a little bit of help to get started. So, for example, studies have shown that consuming a small amount of chocolate post-workout releases similar chemicals and neurotransmitters to those that will eventually be, re be released by the workout itself. So the second phase is when you're, when you're first getting started, you've got the cues and the triggers. So it might, like we talked about, it might be something that, you know, you're, you want to really play with your kids on the swing, and you're tired of being that that dad or that mom that when the kids want a horsey ride, you just tell them, oh, you know, maybe later, honey, just, you know, mommy, mommy's tired or whatever. But um, the, the real truth is you just want to, you don't want to throw out your back. So the, the second portion of what we're getting at here when it comes to taking action is you want to find a motivating reward, and that can be applied to any habit if you're creative enough. So... Great example of this, I'm going to take action. So you've, you've moved from the first step of just initiating, thinking about it, talking about it, planning about it. You've gone to the gym, you've checked out the prices, you've gone to the website, you've called, you've even done a tour. Heck, you may have even come in for a free workout. And now you're like, you know what, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to get the shoes, I'm going to get everything I need. Now you need to find some way to motivate yourself to go. Because what happens is when you get that first rush, of saying, oh man, I'm going to do this, this is good. This is it, this is the year, what we find is you kind of fall into the aspect of, of boredom, okay, and let, let's be honest, when you're working out, the thing I love about bodybuilding, fitness, getting in shape, is that you can't buy it, I mean, you could, you could maybe do some surgery for liposuction, but that doesn't change the habits, that doesn't change you heading to the gym every day, working out, meditating. You can't buy those sort of things. And so when finding, mo uh, sorry, when you're finding motivation, you can reward yourself a little bit. And it sounds kind of silly, but you could say, you know what? Um, I'm going to reward myself with 15 minutes of video games after an intense 90-minute workout session. Or today, if I've, worked, if I've worked out five consecutive days straight, I get to see a movie on Saturday night. Or if you know, I drive past the McDonald's and the Harvey's and I, you know, I leave my wallet at home. I just bring the cash with me and I'm, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating my lunches that I pack with me. Then on Saturday, I can have two slices of pizza. We do need those little motivators because what they do is in the broad scheme of things, we have the, the macro and the major sort of aspect of our goals. The micro is like the everyday bricks that we put into the wall to make it into a building. And so if you're struggling to make 
a new habit stick, then you probably aren't aware or consciously applying the, the habit loop. Before moving on to the next point, ask yourself these three simple questions. What are some cues that I can set up in my environment to remind me to take action? What are some ways I can limit the barrier to action for my desired habit? And how can I reward myself in a positive way that will encourage me to continue pursuing these habits? So the first one is, what are some cues that I can set up in my environment to remind me to take action? I've known a few people that I've worked with that um, when we were doing our hiking trips or when we were getting ready for basketball season when I played high school, a little bit in college, they would have these um, sticky notes that they'd put on their fridge to say, okay, you know what, uh, we got to make 500 jump shots today. Um, or you'd have something on the fridge that said, hey, weigh-ins on Wednesday, stay away from the chocolate cake, or things that just remind you. Um, there are apps that you can use on your phone. There's reminders. Um, you could set, I think, in your iPhone or in your smartphone reminders on an alarm clock. So let's say you're done work at 3.30. Boom. All right. It goes off. Hey, bring your orb just before you leave to work. Hey, you know, bring your, your gym stuff, put it in the trunk. Okay, we're going to work. Um, also send a reminder. Also having a workout partner can really help with that too. Having somebody that you can count on, rely on, that you're accountable to. Uh, maybe you sign up with a trainer for, shameless plug, sorry, but uh, maybe you sign up with a trainer for a couple of sessions so you get into the habit of having someone expecting you to come to the gym. Um, and then, you know, they're just the things that limit the barriers to action. I mean, let's be honest, if you're, you know, modern day individual out there, you got a nine to five, you got a family, or you've got other commitments, things get in the way. Um, we, I follow actually The Rock on um, Instagram, and I watch his exploits, and he'll wake up at you know, crazy times in the morning, 4.30, he's hitting the iron, and we might look at that and think, oh man, you know, we wish we had his life, but completely honest, here's a guy who, and you know, no, dis, no disrespect to The Rock or anything like that, or any other celebrities or professional athletes, but he is, you know, a paid actor who gets paid to take care of his body, to be on the set that's part of his job and he has the the means right that he can um, I want to use the proper terminology here but allocate his responsibilities of you know maybe being a dad or you know shopping for groceries paying the bills to his assistants so that leaves him that time to train I was listening to um Special on 30 for 30, they were talking about Kobe Bryant and his insane work ethic. And you talk about somebody who was just psychotic when they when they trained. I believe Phil Jackson said in the last book that he wrote, uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he stated that he can say without a doubt that Kobe Bryant was the hardest worker he ever trained. Now think about this for a second. Here's a man who Phil Jackson in his prime has probably coached about six to seven Hall of Famers, numerous All-Stars, one, I think he's up there with Bill Russell for the most championship rings, I think he's got enough to put all of them on his, hand, on his hands, thumbs, I think one on his toe, and he was stating to how crazy and insane Kobe Bryant's workouts uh, were, his work ethic, but you got to understand, he had a clear runway, which most of us, most of us don't have, he probably had his own chef, he probably had somebody doing the shopping for him, and this is not a diss against 
um, any professional athlete. This is not me uh, making excuses or anything like that. But we have to take a page out of their book and say, okay, how can I clear my own runway? How could I limit the barriers to action for my desired habit? So working out from home. I'm, I'm recording this right here with uh, Phoenix um, sitting next to me. She's normally my spotter when I'm missing missing reps. But um, I have a setup in my basement here. I got my punching bag, stand, I got my squat rack, got a small area to do deadlifts, um, push-ups, things of that nature. I've got a newest amount of weights, I got my battle rope. So for me, in the morning to come downstairs before the day starts, you know, I don't have to worry about starting the car getting dressed, driving to the gym, driving back, which we may not think about it, but takes up quite a bit of time. I mean, if you live, let's say, let's say you live 20 minutes away from the gym, and it's a 24-hour facility, you drive over there 20 minutes, tack on another 10, 15 with traffic, get out, get dressed, do your workout, come home, that's just in travel alone, that's almost an hour. So you can minimize that time. Um, also, the comfort of not having to worry about certain attire um, when you're in, in your own gym playing your own music. Uh, that's one thing. Um, if you go with, let's say, uh, if you are going to the gym before you go to work, then hey, let's say you have um, your own, you have your stuff ready to go. So I remember listening to, um, oh, I believe, Ariana Huffington. She was talking to um, Michael Howes on the School of Greatness podcast. Great one if you ever want to check out just just great morning routines. And he was talking to her about her um, her book um, that she wrote about sleep. And she said for years she would you know go to bed in her in her workout gear so that once she got up she would be ready to go. Now unfortunately that's not the best way to get your mind uh, associated with going to sleep, right? But anyways, that's what she did, and she found that it removed you know that. Should I or shouldn't I? No, I already got my gym clothes on. Boom, let's go. So if you if you have to, you know, wrestle in the morning to get your stuff together and you're not able to find all your stuff, that's more time that's being wasted because you're not actually doing what you set out to do. And the third one is how can I reward myself in a positive way that will encourage me to continue pursuing these habits, right? So like we said before, maybe it's the chocolate after... And after a week, or maybe it's, oh, I'm going to go see this movie, or maybe I'll be able to binge on some Netflix, as it were, you know, or like my my co-host Phoenix here would tell you, tell you, you know, maybe I'll have some temptations or whatever. So a little segue, I don't know what they put in those temptations for cats, but holy smoke, like I've seen this cat run through a wall to get some of these things. But anyway, that's a whole other, whole other topic. Um, so yeah, and then... The biggest thing that I've seen after working in the fitness industry for the last decade and a bit, um, being at the front desk or being a trainer, is setting unrealistic goals and expectations. So, and these are some of the things that I've actually heard while sitting at the front desk. That you know, um, last year there was a gentleman who was getting ready for a wedding. He said he was going to drop ten to fifteen pounds a month. Now look here, if you are taking diet pills and eating cotton balls and drinking nothing but water, then, um, then maybe that might happen, but then you'll also make a trip to the hospital, so that probably wouldn't help you out too much. But uh, things like, I'm going to run a marathon in three months, even though I need to lose 50 pounds, and I haven't gone running since high school. 
I'm going to go out and successfully date a Victoria's Secret model, even though I'm terrified of women and haven't gone on a date in two years. I'm going to build a $1 billion business in 12 months, even though I've never even launched a profitable company. Now, that, those are all gross exaggerations, but I, I guarantee that if you, if you could stop and think right now, you know some people in your life that have made just gargantuan, ridiculous statements about what they're going to do, and they're setting unrealistic goals. So, like we said before, if all it takes is just you, okay, you're just going to walk into the gym, walk around, Walk out. You do that six days straight. Not going to miss a day. Anyone could do that, right? I mean, we have body image issues. We've got worried about how we're going to look when we're working out. I've listened to women say that they need to get in shape before they get in shape. It sounds insane. I've heard people talk about, well, I, you know, I don't want men staring at me and you know, all this and that. And it's, it's too loud and it's it's too whatever. But you know, if you set realistic goals and expectations, right? Get off of Instagram. Don't worry about what the latest fit model is doing or, or the guy who's, you know, doing the duck face. I don't know. They still do the duck face. Face, do they still do the duck face? No? Okay. Oh, whatever. Um, so make yourself some realistic goals. So a great example is the six-minute walk in the gym. Another one is I'm going to do one push-up a day. That's a doable goal. It's not 50. It's not 100. I'm going to eat one fresh salad, a small bowl of salad with my meal. Or I'm going to cut out um, a certain type of cereal or a certain type of certain type of thing in my life that I know is, is holding me back. Or, like I said, um, I'm going to make sure instead of waking up at 4 in the morning, I'm going to give myself 10 to 15 minutes every morning just to stretch, maybe do 5 to 10 push-ups, 5 to 10 sit-ups, start slowly, set those expectations and those goals at a rate that you can actually reach them. And then, yeah, habits are effectively just daily goals, and most people's goals sound something like, you know, I want to feel better about myself, I want to fit into my, my dress from high school, or you know, even though I eat fast food four times a day right now, I'm going to eliminate all processed foods and eat salad, you know, a couple days a week. Or even though my body's used to waking up at 9 a.m., I'm going to start waking up at 6, you know, every single day, starting tomorrow. And what we find is when you not only have it in your head, but you write it down, so like we were talking about with the yellow sticky notes earlier before, making sure that, okay, I have something to remind me, someone or something to keep me accountable. I have an event coming up. I have somebody that's going to be um, requesting my help on something, or I'm going hiking, or heck, even sign up for a 5K, you know? Um, they're really cheap, relatively inexpensive. There's runs going all over the place. I think in Edmonton alone, um, city where I'm living right now, well actually we moved out of this well we're still in the in the city it's, it's on the outskirts but that's neither here nor there when um, when you're you know thinking okay I need a goal to shoot for and it's attainable, 5k is attainable don't go for the marathon if you haven't run a 5k, but say you know what yeah I'm going to start training for a 5 kilometer run and it's January right now let's say it's in July, that gives you good amount of time to get acclimated back into running if you haven't ran for a long time, 
um, helps you learn, maybe start taking some strength training classes, maybe head down to the local Y, get in shape there. But um, yeah, so if you really want to make your new habit stick, you need to be honest with yourself. And that's probably the number one thing. Approach your new habits in a realistic and progressive way. So here's a, the last little bit, which is a simple five-step process for creating any habit. Make it so small you can't fail, right? Number one, literally, the six-minute rule walking in the gym. Um, one push-up a day, right? Or um, drinking one, one liter of water for the day. 500 mils in the morning, 500 at night, and then just increase that slowly. Uh, when I'm training clients, we've got this thing called the 10% rule, in which, let's say we've got somebody working on the three main lifts, deadlift, squat, and bench. We start them off at 100 pounds. I will start any of the clients that I work with, maybe with just the bar, just to see how they move and how their, how their, their joints and their ligaments and their, and their mode of... Um, and the range of motion is, and then we'll slowly go up from there. But what that does is allows your ligaments, your tendons, your muscles um, to actually grow with the strength that you're um, producing from your muscles. And so you're less likely to cause injury. You're less likely to cause a lot of harm. So, yeah, making it so small that once you're moving towards it, you're not going to feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm going from 0 to 60 or 0 to 100. Um and then apply the compound effect to your habits. So if you were to take the habits listed above that you stated and compound them by 10% each day in one year, you would have an improved, you know, each habit roughly 37%. Right? So you compound that every day. I remember, I think it was, I was listening to, uh, again, Kobe Bryant. He was talking about how he went from being the worst player in, um, in the state Gosh, in, in Philadelphia and Lower Maryland, Maryland, Lower Maryland? I never pronounced his high school that he went to. But if you look it up in the high school that he went to in Philly, he played um, in a summer league after he came back from Italy, and he was the worst. He didn't score one point the whole summer. And so what he did is he started working on his jump shot, taking it apart like a recipe, working on his footwork, working on his passing. And... I remember listening to him say this, and he was he was stating that, you know what, by him looking at the time he was spending, he would start, once he got into the league, he would start his workouts at, say, 3.30 in the morning, right? Work out for two hours, rest, come back again at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, he'd go for another two hours, take another break, he's back at at 10, right, and so on and so forth. Now, you compound that over a 20-year period, no matter what work you're doing in the off-season, you're not going to catch up. And that's subsequently what he did. And we see a player that transcended not only what people thought he would do when he got drafted. Um, there's a little uh, article, well, not article, but an ad that was taken out back in 97 when they first drafted him. And it had a list of all the accomplishments he wanted to do. It had, like, I think it was when he was still signed with Adidas. But if you look at it closely, um, so you can look it up. It says, can I make varsity? Can I make, you know, can I make the senior team? And it went all the way down to Hall of Fame, greatest of all time, so on and so forth. And insanely enough, 
kind of did that actually. So, so by applying these compact compound effects, sorry, to your habits, you can. I mean, we all see the the beauty of compound interest, right? Talk to talk to Warren Buffett about that, and he'll say it's one of the most amazing things that's ever happened. I believe Albert Einstein said it was one of the the um, the wonders of the world. Actually, I could be misquoting him there, but um, but yeah. And then the last one is we just want to break big habits down. We're not eating this elephant whole. We're taking it a bit at a time. So if you continue compounding your habits, you'll make dramatic improvements in the first two to three months. It is important that we keep our habits easy and reasonable. So if my goal is to write my new book with 60 minutes a day, break it break it down. Break the 60 minutes in four 15-minute chunks that I can complete throughout the day. Now, I can't, I can't stress enough if you've got, you know, a kid or... Or, or anything like that, and you're trying to do something when you get home, you you know damn well that it's not it's not gonna happen. You know, um, when I'm watching my daughter, um, your your time is on your kid. It's I mean, you can maybe have a podcast playing in the background or listening to some some music or something, but I mean, you know, it's it's like it's like a tornado almost. And then, you know, the last one is you never want to miss a session. And I think that's really important in this day and age because for whatever reason, it seems that it's cool to start things and not finish them. Um, I know in my own life, you know, um, Phoenix can attest to this right here as uh, she's sleeping, that um, if you look at a lot of things on on our social media, because that's really like our, our diary entries now, there's so much stuff that we tend to start, but we don't see through. And it's okay, I mean, if you have a family emergency or there's an you know, emergency with your health or you get into a car accident or something really dramatic happens, yeah, we all have life problems, but you never want to miss something twice. And like I said, these life-altering events that tend to happen... Um, your wife's giving birth, uh, your friends getting married, you've, you got to attend a life ceremony, i.e. a funeral for a friend or family member, and, um, it falls right on leg day or whatever. Okay. That's, that's understandable, but you know, the whole, I'm just not feeling it. Uh, just not feeling it today. You know, just don't just, just not into it. Well, I mean, when you're at your job, right. And you you have a whole lineup of clients or customers. You can't say, ah, I'm just not feeling it today. I think the best example for running a business or staying accountable for something are babies. Because they have the whole, you know, F you, pay me kind of thing. Where it's like, you got a kid screaming at you in the middle of the night. They don't care if, you, if you're if you tired. They don't care if you haven't you know, taken a shower, if you've gone to the bathroom, if you've, you know, haven't had sex or whatever. It's like, hey, um, yeah, I need this bottle. Right, so drop what you're doing, get me this bottle. And um, so, yeah, you never want to miss your sessions twice. So, yeah, you miss it, that's fine, but get right back on the horse. And what we find is, especially with diets, you'll have people that will be on a super, super strict diet. And obviously you fall off and you might have a piece of cake or you might have a piece of ice cream or whatever the case is. And then it's like, oh, it's all ruined, it's done. Okay, well, I guess I'll just start over again. It's like, no, you had one slip up. Maybe you're still developing your relationship with food, whatever the case is. 
but get back on the horse, make better decisions, make a better choice next time. You had that piece of cake, you had that Twinkie. I don't know if they still make Twinkies. I gotta look into that. But anyways, you had a Twinkie. Um, get back on the horse. Never miss twice. Remember that. It's okay to miss one day of meditative practice. Um, it's okay, but don't do it twice because what will happen is two times will turn into three, which will turn into a week, which will turn into that lady that came to the gym to ask for her money back after two years, right? And then I think the one thing that I found that is is so important is be patient. Now, I, I could harp on this and continue to harp on it, but we do live in a society that is, I mean, let's be honest, we haven't even gotten used to the incandescent light bulbs. I mean, we've got, we can literally have two daytimes now if we want, right? So that time where we start to wind down, start to relax, you know, get into a routine for bedtime, we could say the heck with that and just burn through the, you know, season three of Daredevil, which I'm actually finishing. Great series, by the way. Any Marvel fans out there. D'Onofrio does a wonderful, wonderful representation of Kingpin, but we're not going to get into that. But um, nonetheless, you could burn through Netflix series and Hulu and Amazon Prime and what else is there out there? I think Show Me is still a thing, I think. And then you've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But all of these things are showing us content. They're not showing us the context. They're not showing us, okay, this person is showcasing, let's say, a ripped abs after their six months after having a baby. I know a lot of, see a lot of that, which is very misleading and very, very poisonous, in my opinion. But that's for another podcast. But what I find is the whole aspect of seeing something and not realizing that this picture took maybe months if not years to to showcase the end result and so by feeding on that continually what we have is people who think that i need to have it right now i need to have the six pack i need to have you know the ripped muscles i need to have whatever name it but in a fitness context i need to have dropped all the weight that took me 10 years to gain, I need this gone by the summer. And unfortunately, unless you want to go under the knife, our bodies don't work like that. So, I mean, chances are, heck, if you're reading this, if you're listening to this, if you're wherever you're streaming podcasts and you're listening to this, chances are that you're going to live to be a little bit older. You know, all accidents and acts of God notwithstanding. So, don't rush, right? Take your time. Uh, there's an old saying I used to hear from a friend who, um, I think, sold dope for some reason. I don't, yeah, I never really hung out with him after after I found that out. But he would always tell me the faster he made his money, the faster it would go. Right? And greatness takes time. I mean, you gotta you want to build an accessible life, um, a great marriage, a good friendship. It's gonna take some time. And exceptional exceptional habits that make you an exceptional human being will take time. Alright, you gotta play the long game. Be patient and go at a sustainable pace. And one way to, you know, go at a sustainable pace is is to have, you know, little goals. Like in my gym downstairs here, I actually have 
um, a list of the weight that I'm currently looking to lose. And I just have it based at one to half a pound a week. Now, a lot of people might think, well, what is that? That's, that's nothing. But like we were saying before, when you compound that over time, right, it adds up. You go from four pounds a week. If, if I, I don't mean I, I don't have that much to lose for a full year of weight loss, but if you were to drop, let's say, one pound a week, right? Let's say half a pound a week. That's two pounds in two weeks. That's uh, So that would be two pounds a month, right? In Ten months, you got 20 pounds you've lost, right? I mean, again, slow and steady, just like the story, wins the race. Um, we know the hair took off pretty quick, but... You know, in the end, he was getting distracted by all this stuff, and the tortoise was just, just kept going, right? And so that's what we need to do. But anyways, um, as you've already seen, a 1% daily improvement will have a huge payout if you stick with it for a long period of time. And like I said, anything that you want to do, need to do, will take time, right? And to rush through it, to look for the quick fix, to look for the... You know, the, the easy way out, the escalator up, it won't last. You know, you'll spend your money, or even worse, spend your the most precious resource you have, your time, your attention on something that will just take from you. It won't give. So take the time, take the, the long route, as it were, and um, be patient. Remember, slow and steady wins the race. But, um... Yeah, I just want to um, thank any listeners out there for um, tuning in to the Adult Fitness Podcast. Um, we're looking to set up a pretty, pretty regular schedule coming up for the month of January and beyond. We're looking for at least you know, like two to three uh, a week or so with uh, different topics coming, coming at you. So um, yeah, stay tuned, but you know, just like... Just like anything out there, um, just remain consistent at what you're doing, and um, you should be able to reach your goals. All right, this is uh, David Robert for the Adult Fitness Podcast. Stay fit and have fun out there, people. All right. Mm-hmm.